Welcome back to Podex for today's podcast. I'm really very excited. Our guest for today is Akshat Rajan. He is a speaker coach, a trained speaker coach, and he is someone with whom I sent a DM and I really enjoyed talking to him. We've had one conversation till now, but the conversation was so deep. It was so loving, such positive vibes, and I really wanted to share this conversation with everyone because it is something which I thought everyone would really learn and gain value from. So Akshat thank you so much for being a part of Podex. Thank you so much Ayush for having me. I'm super excited for this as well. Yeah. So before I start you know I really really wanted to tell you this you have like really beautiful eyes. Like they're just amazing. It's yeah. off but it's amazing. <laughs> so I wanted to start off with you know when you were 13 years old such age 13 you were the youngest person in the whole world to ever host a TEDx event. So I really wanted to start from there. Tell us about a bit, a bit about that part. Sure. So, wow, thirteen was ten um, years ago, and I think I could not have had a better start in my life, uh, in my adultish life, I guess, than starting there with TEDx. So it was actually in computers class. So I was with a friend, Sankalp, and both of us were watching this TED talk that we and we never heard of TED talks before. and we were like we should do something like that in school because we always felt like there was so much education out there that we weren't getting in our school curriculum you know so we thought this would be a cool way to bring people who are actually doing really cool things and get them to share their ideas with us so that people are inspired and people want to do more and learn more and we found out that there's a program called TEDx that exists so X stands for independently organized licensed TED event so we had to apply for a license from TED and um they had never had 13 year olds apply for a license before so it was a long long process which usually should have been 4 weeks but ended up taking 6 months for us to get our approvals and our licenses so by the time i was in grade 9 um we got all our approvals and we ended up doing our first event um after that and it ended up being a super success i think um we had like this guy from ted from india who was like mentoring us and was making sure that we were keeping to the standard and like with tedx it's like a place for innovation it's a place for collaboration it's a place for people to come and share their ideas that's what it's all about and i think um i think we we were able luckily able to get like for the, with our school support and like a bunch of sponsors like people from all over the world from like comedians to actors to um coaches to we've we've had hackers we've had activists we've had doctors so really people from all walks of life dancers and i think the best part of it for me was i got to actually sit with these people and discuss their talk with them you know i got to hear each of their stories unedited and then i got to put together a talk with them and that's how i kind of naturally became a speaker coach because i had been put into this position um at such a young age and we got a lot of training and a lot of guidance from ted on like what it means to give a good ted talk and what what speakers should say and what is good and what is not good and all these rules we had a 300 page rule book to follow um and ever since then it kind of only grew i i ended up doing tedx all through my high school and all through college as well so i did tedx emws then i worked and interned at tedx gateway which was the largest one of the largest tedxs in the world uh, which happens at ncpa uh, now and um then i worked at tedx stuffs i was the curator and executive organizer of the of the tedx at my college so been a long journey with tedx loads of speaker coaching loads of learning people's journeys learning people's insights 
So I guess that's that's how it kind of shaped my personality in becoming obsessed with mental health, in becoming obsessed with self improvement, in becoming ex- obsessed with really just the human experience and ideas. You know, I think even I started my journey through TEDx. So basically, I was at this TEDx talk and I saw another local entrepreneur, and that's uh, he was my first guest on my podcast. So I heard him speak, and I found his story to be really cool and inspiring and all that stuff. and the next thing after the tedx event was over i walked up to him and i asked him hey would you be a guest on my podcast so technically i didn't even term it as a podcast i'd call it an interview and he definitely he agreed for me he was like really sweet and kind and he was my first guest i wasn't sure if he would say yes or no and he said yes and then he termed it as a podcast i wasn't even sure what to call it and you know i think it goes back to i think i told you about gary v so i used to listen to a lot of gary v and he used to keep on saying Uh, this you should create content, create content, and you know when I was listening to him, I kind of clicked at that moment, and that's how I started. So even my journey started through TEDx in a way. That's crazy. I mean, TEDx is is such a it's such a unique platform. It's such a unique way to kind of get people just excited to be in this world and to create, to innovate, and do more. So you know, the next question which I wanted to dive in was this really interesting. When we spoke about spirituality, you spoke this really beautiful line, which you know stuck in my, which is stuck in my mind. You know, I also tweeted it yesterday and I sent it to you. Could you tell us that line and like how did you get into that spiritual part? Everything. So with spirituality, I think my biggest lesson is the line you're talking about is that we're not human beings trying to master our spiritual selves. we are spiritual beings trying to master our human selves uh and that kind of took me a while to get to right because when when i was facing um this frustration inside and when i was looking to spirituality as a place to find answers i kept thinking that oh i've done this thing now i need to do this thing and i need to keep doing more in spirituality and I, and like it was almost like my parents were like you're not becoming a saint like you know you know what you were you're not going to become a guru like chill out like <laughs> you know and so i was just like yeah in a way i realized that oh a lot of the things i'm learning the reason i'm getting so obsessed with it is because this is already who i am not because this is who i'm trying to be right what what we're trying to do is be human what we're trying to do is learn what forgiveness means learn what trust means learn what empathy means these are all human values and what we are already is spiritual we are people that have a consciousness we are people that have an energy so we are people that can connect to each other through that consciousness and through that energy we are people that can transcend time and space through meditation we are we are all of that already we don't need to we can we can learn how to be that more but that's what we already are what we have to put our efforts in in is all of those belief systems you know clearing doing all of that shadow work doing all of the work that helps you love yourself more doing all of the work that makes you see why you are in pain or what part if you hasn't healed and how can you actually actively work to heal that part of yourself so that was um kind of what that quote meant to me and what that learning meant to me because i was like wow i'm really trying to just go like one up one up one up on spirituality which i'm still doing but it's just like that didn't become like my life's goal because i said my life's goal is to be as human as i can be you know but how did you dive into that part like what was the reason why you went into spirituality was it what triggered that so it was quite funny actually i was um i was one year into college 
and I had just gone from being someone who was born and brought up in Bombay, who had never lived anybody anywhere else, to living in um, in the U.S. in Boston in a country um, which I had been to before but not not lived in, and you know, with a new set of friends, with a new set of a new community, a new area, a new phase of my life, I still was feeling in my first year of college very lost. I was feeling kind of not grounded and. I didn't really know how to translate who I was and that was really frustrating me because I was I was I was in a space where I couldn't I couldn't tell if I was happy or if I wasn't and I think that was a result of the fact that I had told myself that being sensitive is not a good thing you know because we're brought up in a patriarchal society where especially with men it's like you know you can't have you can't be emotional you can't be weak you know being weak I think uh, and I think it um, made me have my walls really high and so after my first split I was kind of feeling like not satisfied because I think the thing is when you have these high walls and when you detach yourself from being sensitive there is a positive I guess where like you're not hurt you nobody can get to you but the negative is that you can't feel the other good stuff either you can't feel the happiness completely so I think I gave me that so um, after my first year in college I did a, I did a theta healing workshop which is basically a, a basic and advanced course in and, and a manifestation course in um, in healing in actual healing uh, you learn how to heal people and you learn all of these belief systems and where they come from and um, I think that was a stepping stone to the spiritual world because after that I wanted I went on to do like art of living camps with the happiness program the online meditation program then I did the silence program and um, that kind of introduced me to this whole spiritual world and um, but it was really theta which was I think like marketed to like the 21st century millennial where like this is spirituality it's different than religion you know it's spirituality is about like it's, it's attached to psychology and I think that's where I made this link you know that oh so we are gen we're, we're genuinely are spiritual as our nature but our point the point of us being on this planet is to be as human to learn how to what it means to be human yeah, there were these like two courses which you really spoke about just now and they really interested me at that moment. So could you tell us about the art of spirituality and the happiness course? Like what was in that course and what did you learn from there? Sure. So in the so in theta healing it's about it's it's a lot of things, you know, it's like you learn how to give to feel and read energies from people um it's 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 kind of like reiki but it's very different um but it, i guess in the same category with the happiness course it is done by shri shri ravi shankar and the art of living so in the happiness program you learn something called the sudarshan kriya and the sudarshan kriya is a breathing technique uh and this breathing technique is something that i practice every day and would recommend everyone to practice and learn um because it really grounds you it makes basically allows you to change your breathing to different speeds and um, I think that breathing and pranayam are super super helpful in clearing your mind and settling it um, and then beyond that I think my favorite course that I've ever done in spirituality is the advanced art of living course which is called the silence program so the silence program really is three days where you don't speak at all and it's not just not speaking it's not 
consuming yourself in anything right today we're a society and we're a type of people that just constantly want to be consumed we want to watch something we want to talk to someone we want to we want to always be occupied nobody just sits and bees you know and that's the problem right so in this course you're not allowed to read you're not allowed to be on your phone yeah i mean they they say it so it depends on how strictly you follow it for yourself but you're not allowed to talk to anyone you're just supposed to meditate all day right and it's in the first day it's a bit hard but as it goes into the second and the third day by the third day you have such powerful meditations because when you cut off all your ways to kind of connect to the outside world the way we do you know we're always talking we're always watching we're always consuming by the third day you've kind of just become and that's when you feel the meditations really deeply you know and that's when you're like wow i didn't even know i could feel these kind of things and you're just with yourself and you find this grounding that you don't otherwise have in life and you want to constantly kind of feel that way like the third day every day of your life and that's why you continue to meditate or you continue to do kriya and things like that because when you have cut out everything outside is only when then you can go inside you know so it takes 3 days because of how consumed we are to actually go within and feel what's there I think I really want to try something like that. Like even I've been telling my dad I want to get into spirituality, but then I've not really tried it out and all. Like you know, there was a time when I wanted to go bald completely. Like, but my parents, of course, didn't allow me. So I really wanted to try this thing, which is where I want to go bald completely. This is before I turn eighteen. That means I barely have six months. I don't know how it will work out, if it will happen or no. But I really want to go completely bald and start living a monk lifestyle, but at home. So it's like an urban monk lifestyle. which is sleeping from 10 to 4 that is the time which we're supposed to actually sleep waking up at 4 a.m uh reading different religious books and all that stuff then meditating i think at 6 and having one meal a day and then just surviving on fruits the other part of the day so i really want to try it out i visualized it but then i just need my parents permission <laughs> So you have a full lifestyle plan and waiting for you <laughs> <laughs> So you know another defining experience which I really wanted to, the audience to know was when you took six months off your college and did a call, did a program semester at sea where you circumnavigated the globe and were learning from different parts of the globe and different parts of the world and various countries and all. So could you tell us about that program? Oh, so semester at sea is a study abroad program. So if anyone is in college abroad anywhere or even in India, um, you can sign up for this program and you can take four months to get onto a ship. I think it's cancelled now for COVID, but as soon as COVID is resolved, I'm sure it's going to be back on, and you can apply. Other students who are the same age as you. and you they have an itinerary chalked out so you go to about 12 countries and it takes 4 months and so i started in germany and then i went from germany to spain spain to ghana ghana to south africa south africa to Ind- mauritius to india china uh, burma vietnam china japan san diego 
so you really go around the world like along africa all around asia and then back to the us um and it is a program like none other it's an experiential learning program it's like my you know like for example i took a class in filmmaking and my class was at the set of game of thrones in girona in spain my class on social ventures was in actual low income schools in khana in myanmar my class on um anthropo- cultural anthropology was in kerala where we learned about the coconut industry so it's it's like your classes are in actual places around the world you know you study while you travel like while when you're going from one place to another you have some field classes in the countries but the rest of the time you can do what you want so you can explore the country with your friends so it's like your weekends get clubbed together and you're traveling the world so every week you're in a new place and they've designed it so well because they've been doing it for so long right because we went through 18 time zones when we were on that ship and it was like there was there were so many things about the world that i didn't know so there's actually a point where there is the center of the world and there's like like a little buoy thing there that says center of the world and that's where the coordinates are 000 and we go round and round that point and that's when we celebrate neptune day on the ship so that's where like you there's these all these ceremonies where you go bald you can go bald you can you have to kiss a dead fish you can get you can swim in like fish slime and essentially you get uh, you get promoted to a shellback is what they call it in greek mythology because you've been to the center of the world and we as you go through these time zones because the time is changing so fast we actually have a ship time you know so we don't know what time it is in the world or what day it is in the world because we follow ship time so if we had an exam for example they won't change the time because they want to make sure we get good enough sleep but if we don't have an exam they'll be like okay we move one hour ahead today so it's like they literally control time and also the best 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 part about this program when i went on it was that there was no internet so there is no connection to the outside world your world is that ship for those four months and your classroom is the entire world so oh, that's like a lot of people ask me what, what is the best place you went to but i would genuinely say that the best place on semester at sea is on the ship because that's where you kind of process everything you're learning that's where you're like waking up and being like wow i'm on a ship traveling the world with the coolest people in the world and i'm getting to see 12 countries i'm literally waking up in a new country every day and i don't know how many of you have watched sweet life of zack and cody on deck it is literally living that life you know there's like a juice bar and there are classes and professors and it's so cool because it's like once we were in class for example and suddenly there were dolphins and we could all see it from class so class was just over you know we ran outside mm-hmm. and we were like we need to, and just watch all these dolphins and these whales and it was just a completely out of the world experience i think it was so important for people to do something like that because as a generation with were too online uh, and it was a nice it was a nice world that existed where nobody had that you know today and on the ship no one knew me for stalking me on instagram or on facebook or anything i didn't have my best friends numbers until the end of the ship like there was no communicating on the phone it was quite funny you know when we left the first day there was internet because we were still on the ship we were still at the port but as the ship went into the sea the internet disappeared and suddenly you could tell that it was weird to have a phone with you 
and just experiencing that i think opened my eyes to so much about what technology and social media has done for us in a negative way of course it has revolutionized the world but everyone needs to have their boundaries with it you know because there's there's a whole world that exists outside of it as well so you know i really wanted to know that you've been when you were off the ship when you were in these different countries and all what was something that you learned during that time when you were in africa when you were in san diego when you were in germany different countries so what was something which you learned different things actually there'll be a lot of things which you learned but yeah honestly i fell in love with the earth like i was i was not such an outdoorsy person before going on semester at sea and i just went from one landscape to another from like dry beaches in ghana to like um the beaches in cape town where the water of two different oceans were coming together to the table mountain and these like insane skies and colors and i i was just like i just wanted to be outdoors doing things all the time i think i learned the most the most the most about culture and about how how similar yet different and unique every culture is and how that's the coolest thing about culture you know i think i always say that the only thing we have in is difference and and i think like when we were in a small town for example in valencia and we were just like with the locals enjoying one of those like nights that they have on the weekends with all the kids and all the grandmas and grandpas we felt like we were part of their family you know and then in ghana with all of these college students and going going and seeing um the point the land of no return that was also a really really eye opening experience because it showed us the history of the slave trade and how it happened it was a museum that commemorated and remembered really it was a memorial for for what what happened it didn't really commemorate but yeah and i think just like having experiences like that like going in like burma on like a hot air balloon and watching a sunrise you know like jumping off a plane in cape town um uh, i think i was just like wow there's a whole world out there and there's so much to experience so much to learn and with the right type of people around you there's there's just no stopping you with what you can achieve and do That's amazing. I really want to try that out now. You know like the way you sold it to me. I think I just want to try it out once post 20 or something like that. Well, you know this is no one you would call because I think anything in instilling with the drive me my anything but boring. You know I just like always want an adventure now. So you know another part which I really wanted to talk about was which you also told me when which we spoke about on the call right now everyone thinks they really have their whole life figured out and all but then I really believe this that it should not be in that way and we should actually try to understand what we actually like doing and what we don't like doing and you told me a similar thing which is that people in their late teens and early 20s need to have as much experience as possible trying new things so that they don't so that they know what they want and they don't know what they don't want so i really wanted the audience to know to get a deeper insight onto what you spoke about and what that means yeah so i think um i think the reason i said that to you in the call as well was that you know we come out of college at the age of 20 21 and I would say if you take normal life expectancy quarter of your life is over right because 20 years you've lived and 
and the only thing you've done is studied the only thing you've done is been in a system of education one institution after another if you immediately jump into a job and then you just keep going from job to job to job to job i mean or you just stay in one job god forbid for the rest of your life how are you going to get some just time to figure out what you want or what you don't want right and i think that is the that is the key point when when i'm not saying don't get a job of course you need to get a job or you need to start something of your own or you need to keep yourself occupied and doing some change in the world but um i'm saying you can you have the space you can take a breather you you can take get out of college and say i want to figure it out like you can the 20s are about figuring it out you have the rest of your life to be on a desk for the rest of your life or to find that one thing and then follow it for the rest of your life but how are you going to know what that one thing is how are you going to know what you're meant to do over here if you're not exploring and taking part in other experiences you know and so i think you should always whether it's and it doesn't necessarily have to be after college a lot of people take a gap in between school and college a lot of people take a gap in college so it can be whenever you want but as long as you have some time where you are designing your time you know where your time is not designed by a college and by exams and by assignments and by essays it's designed by you you know and in, and and there's no better plan, time to do it than in your 20s because that's the time when you want to figure things out that's the time when you have that desire to enter a world and take it over you know that's the peak time for that desire because i think that of course that desire should only continue but in most cases that desire only diminishes after for some reason so so yeah i think that's why i said like you can just take as many experiences as you can work in different fields i think it's always good to do something dif- despite what you studied as well so that you have an eye of you should always do something that's right brain and left brain you can do something creative do something that's not as creative but you just need to put yourself out there in different experiences in order to know bring you closer to who you already are and learn how to embrace that and become a better version of that I think trying new things is something which I've been working on. So I told you this, which I'm really very excited about is entrepreneurship and business. So I really completely love those two topics, and I spend a lot of time reading articles, books, and other stuff on it. And I think I've been doing this since eighth grade. So everyone really thought this that I would take commerce in the eleventh, and then whoosh, I decided to take science, and I wasn't even I wasn't sure about it. and it's very been like 3 or 4 months in but i'm definitely sure i don't want to continue in that field post 12 so it did give me that tick mark about what i don't want to do in life exactly and that's the point right even if you do something and you're like eh at least you know eh <laughs> so akshat you know we spoke about this before so on the podcast and we spoke about this on call on so that you know Everyone's right now into social media and all that stuff, and people are becoming so consumed by it that people have actually lost human connection. And I wanted you to talk about this because you have actually run social experiments and try to understand the problem and and find solutions for it. So could you tell us about that? Yeah, of course. So I think one thing we have to get straight is that. a lot of people are obsessed with social media is because they are lonely and loneliness is a, is an epidemic almost of its own you know it's a it's something that is affecting a lot of people it's something that makes you feel real mental health issues it's something that if people don't know how to kind of help themselves through is something that can be very difficult for people and i think another thing we have to set straight is that the opposite 
of loneliness people think is togetherness but it's not the opposite of loneliness is intimacy right and social media was made to help people connect with each other on a deeper level but the problem is that connection that human connection connection gives us power but attachment sucks that life out of us and we've gotten to attach to the social media because we don't know any better because these social media websites and agencies and apps are are designed to manipulate us they are designed to keep us on them you know and unfortunately we just don't have enough restrictions in place in order for us to be saved from from that you know there should be limits for for the amount you consume because what social media does with the likes and the comments and the constant refreshing and comparing your life to someone else it keeps giving you these dopamine kicks and it's the same dopamine that is released in your minds when you have alcohol when you have drugs um and so it's it's simon sinek always says simon sinek's a thought leader in empathy and in leadership he always says that giving social media away to your kids for unlimited time is the equivalent of opening the liquor cabinet and saying you know if this whole adolescence thing gets you down you can just go and have a a beer or like a glass of vodka like that's not that's not the answer right you can't you can't numb the fact that you that deep meaningful relationships will take time social media also gives us instant gratification and that instant gratification is the problem there is no quick fix but the only thing there is no quick fix for is job satisfaction and deep meaningful connection there is no quick fix for that you need the patience you need the time it takes time for that to build similar to trust and things like that it takes time for that kind of stuff to build right and what i think is that the deep crave that people have for human connection the reason that human connection is lost is because people are obsessed and attached to comparing their lives with others thinking about what others seeing constantly spending their time looking at what other people are doing instead of focusing on themselves but that deep craving for human connection that social media makes us feel is is more about that one connection that no one teaches you about that one connection is your connection with yourself There is no class that teaches you to build your relationship with yourself. There is no there is no conversation that says this is how you need to be with yourself, you know? And um you don't usually end up chalking out time for that connection with yourself and that's the most important connection of them all because how can you connect to someone else truly if you can't connect with yourself? And um I think that's the point, right? Uh, even what we were talking about before about about um figuring out what you want and don't want you just want to keep coming closer to whoever you're meant to be because you deserve that you deserve to be whoever you're meant to be and so social media really isn't the problem of course it's manipulating us but it's not the problem in itself like if someone who understands and has boundaries with social media someone who um understands that relationship with themselves and builds that relationship can actually use social media to take them to higher heights that's why there are some people on social media that people who want to follow and then there are other people who are only following then nobody wants to follow them they just want to follow other people you know what i mean and that's why kind of social media has that that difference because other people liking you is a bonus you liking you is the real gift and i think that i think that you just have to realize with social media that the version that of me that's created in someone else's mind or the version that of you that's created in someone else's mind is just not your responsibility 
so i think that's my two takes on like social media and loneliness and how we need to have more vulnerable intimate conversations with each other so that we can grow and have deep and meaningful relationships and these things take time and they're not going to have that instant gratification or swipe right feeling that a dating app will give you or that instagram will give you with likes and comments And you know, there was this really beautiful quote which I also heard, which I can relate to at this at point now, which was I think Jay Shetty said on his podcast earlier, which is, "I am not what I think I am. I am not what you think I am. I am what I think you think I am." <laughs> so you know, it's like a we live in a perception within a perception, and the reason why it's happening right now is because of social media. So we want to look good in front of others. we want to look fancy we have this things i have this things and all so that's what social media has actually done to a lot of people now that's what i feel yeah i completely agree i think people are trying more to seem like someone instead of actually being someone you need to start being we're all human beings we're not human seems so so we just need to start being who we are because then that will reflect in whatever way and like so that the point is not to be on social media to try and seem like something else right you know another thing which you know which we spoke about on call is that you are a youth ambassador at a program absolute champions you used to organize these mental health and emotional strength workshops in different schools so what do you mean what have you noticed in these workshops like what do you do what do you all do what happens in that so these workshops are carried out by one of india's top business and success coaches um his name is anand chulani and he has been coaching kids he's coached millions of kids around the world um he he started with tony robbins um who is an international coach and he's the writer on the simpsons he's a comedian he's been through his own set of mental health issues and um bullying and stuff as a child and he's come out stronger and has built himself to be like this coach that helps other uh, others and supports others so i work with him in a capacity of a youth ambassador and youth coach because what we do is when we go to schools that hire him they do these week and workshops with them and these weekend workshops are designed to help students your age perhaps and younger than you as well grade 9 10 11 12 to become better versions of themselves by finding their potential by enhancing their performance by developing that personality that um, that they don't get this time and space for you know like i said before nobody teaches you how to connect with yourself or build that relationship with yourself so we try and encapsulate as much as we can on a weekend in um in a, in a school where we get access to the entire class um and we get to do interventions we get to do we have a bunch of games that helps people get to know each other better on a deeper level build things that build teamwork amongst people um i think really the interventions are the most powerful part of the program because it really works one on one where people where students get one on one life coaching in front of the whole class and that's where the healing takes place because there are students that are facing all kinds of things today with 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 like with the epidemic of the the pandemic that's going on in the world with the epidemic of loneliness with 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 general kind of loss of trust loss of happiness loss of self that 
this 21st century pessimism that exists in the world there has been so many mental health issues that have come to the fore and especially in india you know because our parents didn't get that sort of education and our generation is starting to get that sort of gener- uh, education and we can only hope that it gets better from here but there are two there are a lot of mental health issues and mental health is just kind of very looked down upon or um not looked at uh, um extremely well so it becomes difficult for these students to express themselves and these interventions are spaces for them to do exactly that you know if someone is being bullied if someone is being fat shamed if someone is being name called um this is a kind of a space for them to come out and say what they say and see how they feel because it's really at that time in your adolescence when you are moving from getting approval from your parents to starting to get approval from your friends that's the time when you care about your image and personality and the way you come across more importantly because as a human being who's a social animal you want to like acclimate to the to the larger tribe that's out there right you want to be able to be connectable be someone someone can walk up to and talk to and stuff like that and so that's where a lot of people face these self esteem and self worth issues and so it's very important for schools to have a space for mental health trainings for for these workshops and and that's what we do um, at many schools around bombay and anand does it all around the world i only help him over here um and it's really really cool to see because you know there there are times when there'll be a uh, there'll be someone who has been bullied for example and we'll call them up on stage and we'll say you know hurt there's a belief that hurt people hurt people and healed people heal people so that's one of anand's mantras and um he he brings someone on stage and says okay if you've been hurt then you've probably hurt someone else and you know by the end of the time like literally the entire class is on stage because everyone is apologizing to each other about something and, and suddenly there's this whole new community feeling that the class has that didn't exist before and suddenly everyone wants to support each other and everyone wants to be there for each other so that's what it, it relates back to everything we've been talking about right we are spiritual beings we genuinely want to help people but somewhere we get lost somewhere we get stuck somewhere we forget that we need to master these human things so that we can do that because we don't want to confront our issues so so when that happens and when there's space for that to happen suddenly everything comes together again suddenly you're like wow i love these people i love this school i love i love being there for people i love being me suddenly that enthusiasm is there and i think that that space really changes the mindset of so many students because we see kids who have been flagged for depression who've been flagged for having suicidal thoughts who've been flagged for having anxiety and we can see the transformation in them and see them talk to their parents in a way they haven't spoken to before before open up to their teachers and friends in a way they haven't spoken to before and i think those are the moments in which we realize that the type of work that we're doing is so important but you know i wanted to know this how can one you know get those building blocks in increasing one's mental health one's mental strength like how can they improve it yeah of course i think since you've done so many experiments you've conducted so many programs you you might you have the experience about it so i want to know about that and i think honestly i get this question a lot and it's it's a very different answer based on who i'm talking my answer is very different based on who i'm talking to because i think the younger you are the easier almost it is to kind of work your way through easy and hard but easier it is to work your way through it because as you get older you get more conditioned you know in your beliefs you get more rigid in your patterns and it becomes more difficult for you to accept something that you didn't see before but um, when you're still open to learn and when you're younger it's when you can actually make the difference and i think it's 
I think first of all, if we had to talk about like what the building blocks of mental health are, there are many myths that you'd have to kind of you'd have to debunk. You know, the first thing is that it's not really a measure of mental health to be well adjusted in a sick society. Okay, our society is very sick for um, um, unfortunately, and so. to be well adjusted is not a measure of mental health you need it it it's 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 if you it's it the wellness essentially comes from taking care of yourself and being able to taking care of yourself in private so that whenever you're in public you're able to take care of everything around you um because say you're not doing well you know say you have you've been having agitating thoughts you've been having anxiety when something happens and you're caught off guard you won't be able to react in a emotionally strong way you will you will react just very reactionary it will be it will be through emotion it won't be through wisdom and the point is to be able to react through wisdom through what you know is right through from that true true sense and true true person that you are and that's the mental stamina you need because mental health is like the same thing as physical health you go to the gym to be strong then you need to go to a therapist or you need to not even if you you can today in india you have to agree to the fact that everybody can't afford therapy it is a luxury it is a privilege but there you go to someone to talk to them right and you open up about your feelings that's what you do in therapy and and just like you take care of your body you have to have spaces to take care of your mind because your mind is a muscle too and the stronger the muscle is the more you'll be able to react out of wisdom and not out of emotion so I think people respond to that. People respond to who you are, and um, people, and you almost immediately remove this load of you when you get that space because you're like, okay, you know, I'm I'm suddenly starting to be that act, not to quote Gandhi and become all philosophical, but you actually starting to be the change you want to see in your society, right? Because it's not just talking about it and doing something here and there. It's actually being that person. and um it's also realizing that no amount of guilt no amount of guilt can change the past and no amount of anxiety can change the future so mental well being is really that finding that balance right it's finding that perspective you need to be able to have two opposite things and still have them be complementary there's a balance between work and play you need work and you need play there's a balance between solitude and socializing you need to be alone and you need to be together there's a balance between discipline and freedom you know there's a balance between stillness and movement okay so actually what you just said it really got me speechless you know i think it's so correct that we need to have that balance in different things and like you know the greatest power is to be self controlled like to be able to train the mind and energy to focus on where we want it to be and when we want it to be and i think you explained it like really really well in that part like being caught off guard it can have and that's why i think we need to work up on a mental health and improvement on that part so that was like really cool what you just said everything yeah so you know while i was talking to you and you know like while i was going through a feed and all that stuff i really felt that you are someone who wants to provide and help society a lot like you want to really help society with your resources and wealth but what is different is that you also want to help society by helping them out by reaching out their inner growth having an impact on the way they think their standards their mindset of health so when do you reach that level where does that come from uh i guess it's a culmination of all the experiences i've been through i think um 
I always wanted to know like what am I going to do what am I going to do am I going to work with my dad in the family business am I going to start something of my own what are the interests how do they align but I think over time I realized that my favorite thing to do is really just be able to discuss and talk to people about anything and everything and you know be able to to get down to the bottom of anything to be able to understand relationships to be able to you know figure out what how kind of we we are here and why we are here so i think i guess i come from a religious and spiritual family as well and I've, we've had so many different spiritual and religious experiences so i guess a culmination of all of those things combined and all the experiences combined has made me um someone who who believes in um you know self love and being able to figure out what um what we're here to do and making sure that we do it So you know Akshat you've been speaking a lot about these experiences that you've had the religious and spiritual experiences and you've also told me on call that you had some of these out of the world spiritual experiences when you did a lot of these courses and all so could you tell us a few of those experiences that you've had Yeah sure so I guess like the the experiences and stories are really long but um I'll tell you a gist I guess um biggest thing I learned I think from theta healing was that manifestation power you know and it, and I and I saw it in the the weirdest ways of how everything is connected and there's actually a law of attraction and how what your thoughts are you kind of attract that and if you start acting like something is already with you it'll actually come to you even if it isn't you know and and i've had like really weird experiences small small things like um me not me like i needed a visa once like really importantly and um it and usually it would have taken two weeks and i and i was just like no there's i figured out a way and i googled something and i was like manifesting it and i stuck the canadian flag on my wall to visualize it and everything and then i literally got it visa in 24 hours which is not otherwise possible in um in canada and like so many other so many other kind of signs that you see along the way you know like there were there were a lot of times when i was like i needed to be somewhere i needed to do something or something that seemed impossible just became very possible whether it was like reaching somewhere and suddenly all the lights went green or like walking into a place and reading 11 11 as the time and um you know think about to miss a train and then someone reminds me to get on it and and i think it just i think like these are all coincidences but for me what happened was that it they all happened together within the span of the few months after i did the course and that's when i was just like there's obviously something to this you know because um and i also saw how they are related to our belief system so for example once i was flying back to the us and i kid you not ayush everything came in my way I had a problem at security I had a problem at check in my bags were overweight I almost missed my flight um everything was wrong you know I was late already I went to the wrong gate it was just insane how everything was wrong and then I finally got onto the plane and I felt like crying and I was just like what's going on you know and I realized that I didn't want to go and the manifestation power had become so high that I didn't just because I didn't want to go it was making it so difficult for me to go you know like everything was just come and those were things that i couldn't have controlled you know so it was just like to to realize that wow your feelings really do have that power to manifest something you can actually be in a state where based on what you feel and what you think your world gets created because it's like i would say don't be surprised if you made a decision and the universe acts on it like asap so so i guess like too many experience small small experiences like that that happened one after another that was like because i was also a skeptic going into it you know i was just like is this true is this not true but then i had no option but to believe in it because of these experiences that i had 
you know, I've had this like really, really similar experience. So I've really not, I didn't, I've been manifesting subconsciously and I never really knew, knew that. So in fact, I told you that my last podcast, I had spoken about manifestation and that's when I realized I had been doing so much of manifestation subconsciously. So I think my first major podcast, which I told you about was with Nirvan. I really, really believe that I had manifested that podcast. It was, um, so basically manifestation is when you think things and you know, when you constantly want it, you don't force it. When you constantly want it to happen to you and you think about it in your mind, you found it and all that stuff. And it slowly starts happening that way. So I had literally told all my friends that I was going to do a podcast with him. I was so confident. I had just set it out. And I think when I set it out, all the energies, the universe and the, all those things started working together in my favor. And literally, it took me two months. But literally after two months, I got that podcast. That was just insane at that moment. And later now, when I spoke about manifestation on my last podcast, that's when I really started thinking that, oh, that was manifestation. And I've actually done so much of it and it was just insane. You know, I really wanted to know, you've done this course and also what are some of the ways which you use for manifestation? So in Theta Healing, they actually teach you that there's a separate course for manifestation and abundance. But um, I think in general, if you just had to talk about manifestation, I think manifestation has um, a, a, a pra- as a practice is something in which you have to be extremely specific about what you want. It has to be things that, uh, and you should be able to have a range of things, you know, something that's small, something that's big. So um, like I would want to manifest a feeling, for example, for life, or I would want to manifest something like, oh, I need this to happen by next week. So they, they should be ranging in time, I feel, because a lot of people end up manifesting for things that are going to supposed to happen to them in like 10 years and then they always feel like it's not working. But I think the good thing is you should always give it time because with manifestation, power only increases as your faith increases in that manifestation, right? And so the more confident you are that something will happen, the more likely it is to happen. I think even in psychology, if we remove all of the spirituality, there is a expectation bias. You expect something to happen and then it, it, it makes it happen faster. So um, I guess even so, even with manifestation, you just need to be specific. You need to have time. You need to have manifestations that last along a different periods of time. You need to be able, and this is the most important part. You need to be able to visualize whatever it is as if you already have it. So say you want a car, you need to be able to be able to think about how you're feeling when you're sitting in that car and that you already have it, you know, say you want to get on this Forbes list, you want to see your name on that list and see what you feel. You have to already start. If you recognize a feeling, you are attracting that feeling. So today, if you are recognizing feelings of sadness and uh, depression and uh, irritation and anger, you will attract more and more. The emotions are have a guidance scale. They are both spirals. There's a downward spiral and there's an upward spiral. So you need to be in states in which you attract further and deeper into that state. So if you want to be on the upward spiral, you want to go from being content to being hopeful, to being optimistic, to being positive, to being completely joyful and full of life, fulfilled, you know. Whereas on the other end, if you're pessimistic and you focus on that, you'll be overwhelmed, you'll have doubts, you'll have anger, you'll you'll have jealousy, you'll start blaming other people and that'll lead to depression. So it's the more you focus on, the deeper you go. So you just want to focus on things so that you, on things that take you upward instead of take you downward. And you know, also there's this thing which I've been really, really, really very keen on. It works out for me, which is the thing of visualization. 
so uh, i think there was this, uh, there was actually an experiment conducted so there were three groups made um and they were asked to take these basketball two pointers so one group were used to actually practice for 20 minutes every day taking those two pointers another group was actually only made to visualize taking those two pointers and a third group was actually not done anything so they were not allowed to do anything for and every day i think for 14 days they did that for 20 minutes each day and at the end of 14 days they found out the results that group 1 and group 2 so group 1 was practicing for 20 days for 20 day and group 2 was man uh, visualizing the shots and they realized that both were doing equally well so even when they visualized those shots they were as equally well as the ones who practiced it and a lot of people i think do it even in the sports world which is that they visualize what they really want how they want to play the game so a lot of athletes also have their their game and all that stuff visualize and i think that's a really cool score it has even worked out for me like a lot of my podcasts so there are some podcasts which are like really really great so the ones which i'm really excited for i've actually visualized it a lot of times like two or three times and they always turn out to be great and there are some of course which may not turn out to be great there are a few ups and downs and all but i think the visualization skill has always always helped me and that has already always worked for me i think So yeah, consciously I've been visualizing a lot of stuff. Yeah, I think there are different types of visualization. You can have a mood board where you print out things that you want to see in your life, and you put them all, and you keep them in your room, and you keep looking at them. So that's something from the secret that they say that you should do. There are a lot of books that help you, like the secret, the magic, um, that help you kind of understand these laws of attraction better. I think even I think so. If you believe in astrology as well, I just finished an astrology course, and um, they say that manifestation has a lot to do with the moon calendar, the lunar calendar. So. So when whenever there's a new moon the manifestation powers are very high you can set that's the time you should be setting intentions and the full moon is when those intentions come to a fold because the full moon creates the 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 feeling that whatever you asked for in the new moon or however you were behaving in the new moon has now actually come out to be what it is because that's the moon cycle right and like if you ask me in a just general terms today like our bodies are 70% water correct and the oceans are also water and the tides are controlled yeah. by the moon so obviously the lunar cycle has some effect on us as well so the point is that we should be looking at these new moons and these full moons and and if you want to take a step deeper you can even go in and see what sign the moon and new moon is occurring in so for example if it's a new moon in aries then your new moon in aries manifestations will come to a fold during the full moon in aries if it's a new moon in virgo then whatever whatever you manifest then or whatever you're feeling then will come to the circle and will come up for you during the full moon of virgo so there are so many ways and so many disciplines in which manifestation makes sense and like you can understand it through astrology you can understand it through visualization you can understand it through setting intentions so i think all the practices together when you see all of them you are able to kind of develop something of your own you know and something that works best for you and i think that's the best that's the best thing you can do to find something that you have seen works for you and continue believing in it deeper and deeper Okay I'm really really loving this topic and this conversation a lot could you tell us a bit more about it like something I think I, I don't know a lot about it so I just wanted to know a bit more from your side from your experience what do you know about it what we can learn and take away from it 
I think just look out for. I think there is obviously there's so many types of astrology. So if you're interested, you, um, I took a course at the Art of Living as well at the Vedic Samsthan Dharma, um, which is the fundamentals of astrology, and that kind of tells is all based on Vedic astrology. So it's based on birth charts and timings and stars and planets and stuff like that. But even if you don't want to go so deep into it, and if you already have a manifestation pra- practice, just start aligning it to. this kind of because there's a group consciousness you know in the world and these these star signs and the and the way the stars are moving and the planets are moving have an effect on that consciousness so it's just important to know simple basic things like you know like a sun has this effect a moon has this effect a moon is the planet of emotions mercury is the planet of communication sun is the planet of self and of ego so if you if you just have a basic idea tomorrow if some you read something um astrologically related or about planetary movements you have some sense of what 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 it's going to be so like for example like right now we're in mercury retrograde and you know believe it or not in india a lot of people believe this so i was i was doing an internship once at a once at a company called xbillion labs and they don't sign contracts during mercury retrograde because it's inauspicious you know because that's not a time when you want to be able to, because when mercury is a planet of communication and it's in retrograde which means that you cannot um, communicate what you truly desire in the best possible way and so why should you make a deal during that time you should wait for that time to end and then make a deal you know so it's it's like the small hacks that i mean if you go into it you can even decide when to eat and when not to eat and every minute of the day what you should do but i think that's that's not that's not healthy frankly uh, but uh, i think just in a general sense just having information about it in today's day and age and even if you don't fully believe in it just learning about it to see if it makes an impact or doesn't make an impact in your life is super important I think I really want to dive into that part. Of course, not to the extreme level, like where I don't I plan when I eat and all, but I really want to know all those planets and all. So I'm definitely going to do my research in that part. And you know, another fastest question, which is that what kind of role do you see and and what role do you see yourself playing in that world? In twenty to build it to that world. Twenty fifty is a long time away. I think thirty years from now. Yeah, 30 years from now, I think just looking at the way the world has changed in the last 10 years, I think the next 30 years are going to be a lot about asking ourselves as a species and as humanity, what wrongs have we done in these 10 years and how can we make them right? Because I think when it comes to climate, for example, I hope that in the next 10 years and by 2050 the world is carbon neutral because if it's not it is literally scientifically proven that the that the degrees are going to rise up to 4 degrees which will put like my city bombay completely probably goa as well completely underwater um and i think we just need to make sure the next 10 years are all we have for the climate to make things right you know so we need more companies more leaders and more people who are you know taking taking the lead and really being um being in charge of a world that is that they are looking at long term and i think in a way covid has like brought about a lot of issues that weren't otherwise being looked after and like has fast tracked a lot of these things so that's good but i just hope that 2050 is a world in which people listen to each other in in which um you know there is an emphasis on values such as gratitude and resilience and growth and i hope that i if i you're talking about my role in it i hope i have been able to contribute to raising our consciousness and our group consciousness and i hope that you know i've been doing all the shadow work and all the all the work 
that helps me become a better version of myself every single day and um i know i'm sounding like a bit optimist but i think the op- when optimism is put with stubbornity it's good because i i call myself a stubborn optimist because it's like if you're not stubborn about the things you want or about bringing the change you want to see you can't really expect that change to happen so it's like almost like a it's like a realistic optimist it's like if you you want to be an optimist but you also want to make that optimism true right and and i think um, you just we just need to be more ethical in the society we grew up in that's our as our generation it's our moral responsibility to be i think more ethical right and um yeah i just hope that the essence of my being has brought smiles to many people and i want to leave my mark in that way and I think I think we've already started this where like consciousness this is my favorite quote I would say where consciousness is the new sexy kindness is the new beauty and inner peace is the new success I think we all have a lot to learn and to reach that that state and I think if people do that then we can start looking at each other without all of the differences and without all of the discrimination and just as human to human and as one global family is that it's actually it's not like completely happening but i think really very slowly it's been about kindness about gratitude in the counseling sessions and all that stuff of course it's not going as it's not going at the pace it should be going but it's i'm really glad that it's kind of started now in comparison to what it was happening earlier no for sure so akshat I really wanted to ask you this question what is or before i end this what is your last advice for anyone who is listening to this podcast i think if you've listened to this podcast you've gotten a taste of what all is out there and what all is still there to explore i think if anything please start working on your relationship with yourself ask yourself questions that you haven't asked yourself before there are so many things happening online that can actually help you connect with yourself deeper there are games there are questions there are um things you should ask your parents if you google like what type of conversations are this and what type of conversations are that just expose your you're spending so much time on your phone anyway just it just you make sure that you are more in control of your information diet because that's also really really big so be more in control of what you are consuming because it's all the small things it's what you watch it's what you read that's who you become right and so be more mindful of that and i guess um the more good stuff you're watching the more good stuff you're seeing you can um attract and be more of that stuff as well so just strive for that and strive to make your relationship with yourself the best because all you can really do in this lifetime is become the best version of you that you can be I think I just wanted to add to that point about content consumption. So basically, I've been really noticing this also. The type of content we consume actually builds that mindset. So if we continuously consume something that is negative or continuously about violence, the mindset starts getting directed in that way. While if we constantly consume something positive, if we constantly consume about empathy, kindness, gratitude, the mind starts moving in that way. That is what I felt. And also, there's like this. Okay, this may sound crazy, but the reason why i i've not really put out content that um so put out a lot of podcasts and all that stuff but i've never put out content that has bad words or swearing and all that stuff cuz you know i'm looking at this as like a 40 or 50 year so this thing's going to stay forever on the internet and maybe 50 years later when they listen to this podcast 
I don't want them to learn something negative or bad from that from me because when they saw this see this podcast 50 years later I think I'm putting out content with that mindset also That's good congratulations Ayush I think you're doing such a great job and you're spending your time and your content and you're t- making content that matters and I think that's so important um I was looking through your profile and your podcasts and and I'm just so excited for you and all the things that you're going to do because clearly you're on the right path and I wish you luck in all of that Thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast I really had a great time like it was amazing Thank you thank you so much for having me